What are you training for? Life. Welcome to Train for Life, a podcast brought to you by ISI Elite Training. I'm Adam Rice, founder and CEO, and we'll be hosting this alongside Amanda Hall, our COO. Tune in weekly as we explore topics on personal and professional development to help you level up in all aspects of your life. We call this Training for Life. All right, guys, so we are back today, and today we have a special guest, Mike Arce, who is the founder and CEO at Loud Rumor out of Scottsdale. Well, I say Scottsdale, but you just told me Peoria, but I think yeah. most people would know Scottsdale area. Yeah, well, Scottsdale's where the business office was. We, yep. went, we went remote when we had to, like the world did during COVID. Yeah. And our model, we just learned we really don't need to not be remote. Yeah. And we were able to pull in talent from all over the world and uh, get you know people that were able to add some great stuff to our team and not have to have an office. That's awesome. That's awesome. We're going to talk about that. Um, here. So today I really want to go through, you know, most of our listeners are people looking at, as you know, the, the name of the podcast is trained for life. So people mm -hmm. looking to level up their life and how it's relevant to, um, you know, we're all training for something, whether that's to be a better father, entrepreneur, leader, whatever it is. So you in particular, give, can you kind of give us a, a story? I want to talk about your business and how mm -hmm. you guys have scaled and, but also you're a father of four, you were just telling us. Yeah. Yep. Can you kind of go into your story and, and take us back how you started Loud Rumor? Yeah, so I was in the fitness industry for about uh, 10 years, almost 10 years. Uh, I actually had 24 jobs, 22 jobs before I was 24. Wow. <laughs> so I had wow. a lot of jobs. I was recruited <laughs> away to a lot of things. And also I was just, I was a young kid and I, I always have a lot of interests. And uh, I think that's just something I've always had. And I've learned to not do that with my career like I did earlier on. Mm. Now I do it with hobbies. So like right now, Amanda and everybody on my team knows it's chess. Like I'm super into chess now, but I learned uh, Italian last year. Cool. Year before that was piano, then the guitar. Um, and so every year I kind of like pick up stuff. Ping I got crazy into ping pong. But yeah, about, um, I was in a fitness industry for a while, mainly because I was in martial arts and I was competing uh, throughout the nation. And, and I just realized at 19 years old, the uh, boys were becoming men and I still was very thin. Yeah. And so I needed to learn how to put on muscle and I couldn't afford a trainer. So I actually switched my major in college to uh, kinesiology and got a certification. They, they had a personal training certification through their, through the school. And one of the things was at the end you had to take on a client, which I took on my aunt nice. and uh, I thought it was really cool. That and is very cool. So I, so I had a job at Buca de Beppo, an Italian restaurant at the time. And I was like, I should get a job at a gym cause I like this stuff. So I got a job at LA fitness and next thing you know, I, I did really well there. I worked my way up and little by little, I became like the, uh, the, the garbage guy, which essentially meant I went to the clubs that were in the bottom four out of the 16 they had. My job was to bring them up to the top four. And as soon as I did that, they sent me to another bottom four club and I just rinsed and repeated. And, um, I went to a bunch of other gyms, kept getting recruited to some other places, started my own personal training for a com uh, for a little while, my own personal training company, but I was like 24. And so I just didn't understand a lot of what I, I think it's important to understand when you have a business, which is right. once you start a business, you're no longer that thing. You're no longer a trainer. You're no longer a dentist. You're no longer a cook. You are now a business owner that offers that thing. Mm. And so, um, I just couldn't fathom being a dad, which I found out I was about to be a dad. I couldn't fathom being a good dad and being in the fitness industry at the time, mm -hmm. because I was like, I trained my clients from four to 10 o'clock. That's when yes. I want to take my kids yeah. to school and be there for breakfast. I had a great dad growing up. I was very lucky. I didn't want to 
dishonor that and have be a bad dad. And then I start training, like you guys know, three o'clock until about nine, ten o'clock at night. I was right. working. Well, who's going to the kids' practices and helping with homework and having dinner with them? So I left the industry and uh, got into some other stuff and started a company called Loud Rumor. Initially, it was a web design company. And uh, I didn't know how to build a website. In fact, we didn't even have a website. <laughs> <laughs> so, so okay, so that was an accident. My, my wife was during the recession, 2008, 2009. Okay. My wife uh, got fired twice during the same pregnancy. So she got, yeah. Wow. So she, she, she told the company she was pregnant. Didn't tell me because she didn't want me to freak out uh, because cause income was really dropping. Which baby is this? This was, so baby number There's two. two. Okay. My, so my first child, Julian, was actually with a previous relationship. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then I met my wife, um, you know, about a year after. Um, and then we ended up getting married. And then we conceived a child on our wedding night, oh, apparently. But six months later, she's now, or four months later, she's wanting to tell me that she's pregnant. So she kind of like puts her toe in the water and she goes, hey, what do you think about working on having a baby? Now she had just gotten <laughs> let go. She just got let go because she told her work that she was pregnant, thinking it was cool. And they had let her go. They did cutbacks. Wow. So even though it wasn't wow. legal, I guess. Right. It isn't legal. Yeah. And and my income went from like nine K, ten K a month down to like two K because the recession was so bad. So I was so she asked me, What do you think about having a baby? And I go, That's the last thing we need. So now she waited to tell me until she got a job. She did. But she, once she told them she was pregnant, they let her go too. So now she was afraid again. She finally told me when she was, it was obvious. And uh, so I'm like, okay, well, you're not going to get hired easily now because you're clearly pregnant. You look pregnant, right? And my income's not getting any better. Let's just start a company. So we picked web design. I can't even remember why, but we did. And we're like, we'll just see if we can sell a business owner a website for like 500 to 1,000 bucks. And we'll get someone in the Philippines to do it for like 150 bucks. And then we'll take the difference. Right good margins if it was a clean swap, but there's a lot of project management. Mm. And um, so little by little that turned into how do we make this recurring model? We started doing SEO, did SEO for a while. I got really good at SEO. Uh, AdWords at the time, now it's called Google Ads. Then we got into Facebook ads. And then we realized that our business was stuck. Like we could not break 42K a month, no matter what we did for like two to three years. It was right. exhausting. Every time we get into client, we lost a client. Was it just the two of you at the time on the team? No, at this time when we were at forty two k, it was like six or seven of us. Okay. Yeah, um, but I wasn't making any money because you're not making any money at forty two k with six seven people that know what they're doing, right? right. And so, um, so I read a book called Built to Sell, and it talked about the value of really finding a niche. And um, then between that and meeting with some people, we talked. We actually know some of the same people, like Ronzio and. And I was like, okay, we need a, I need a niche. I picked dentistry, bad idea, because I don't even, I go to the dentist every three months because I hate the dentist. I have one thing I hate is the dentist. So I go every three months so that they have nothing to do. Right. <laughs> There's like a fear I figure that they I will wait have a to year, do something. Smart. Yeah. <laughs> well, you should take that advice. So, so, Proactive. So I took that idea, you know, my mom was really good about, you know, if you clean your room every day, you won't have this big mess to clean. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. So I just like, I'm just going to the dentist all the time. Yeah. And this way they never have to do anything. I'm in and out. Well, anyway, um, I was like, what, what can I really get into? And I had a mentor and said, hey, pick something. Like, if you could work for free, what would you do? I go, man, I love the fitness space. I right. love changing people's lives through fitness. It's like, do that. So we took on a, a few free clients to see how I like it first. I'll do it for free. We crushed it for them. 
crushed it. And so I was like overnight, like switch everything. So we switched the website, went to everything in Loud Rumor in uh, end of 2015, like December. Um, we went 100%. We are a growth company for gyms. And so we started an ad agency, but then from there, it became a hell of a lot more. And it's been amazing watching what my team's been able to do. That's awesome. What? So 2000, you found it in what year? 2000, 2009, technically. Nine. Yeah. One thing that I've, I've noticed, so I've been in the industry since 2013. I probably started seeing your stuff in maybe 16, 17. That's, we started our podcast March, April of 16. Okay. Wow, I didn't know that, Adam. Yeah. That's cool to know. Yeah. I didn't know that. Um, so one thing I've noticed just from afar, right? This is actually the first time we've ever met in person. But when looking through the, the lens, it always seems like you're filling a, your business has evolved and you're filling a gap of a need. From anybody that's a business owner out there, or maybe I think there's a lot of people that are like, man, I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to start a side hustle or whatever it is. Like, how have you taken that? I'm guessing that's your mindset, right? Is you, you see a need, you fill it and you continue to evolve your business like that. How have you kind of used the, that lens over the years to well, I mean, grow that, to where you're at, at That's today? what any good business does. You know, like the iPhone 3 is not the same as the iPhone 13. And the Ford F-150 from 98 is not the same as the Ford F-150 you're going to buy today, right? This camera that we're using here is very different. I don't know what it is, but the T5i is very different. What is that one? Oh, okay, yeah, that's very different than like T5i you would have used seven years ago. So if you're not evolving, you might as well just call it, right? Yep. Now, it, when you're looking at brands like your brand, I mean – your brand, I could only imagine the evolution that's happened since 13, right? You got to have had some, right? right? Uh, otherwise, you probably wouldn't be in business while you're doing so yeah. well. And so the way we look at it is, what does the market need today? So right now, I'm really heavy into AI and XR. Very, very heavy into that. Um, it's where the future is going. If, if, if we have time and if it's something you want, we could talk about how this is affecting the fitness space. But holy cow like it is yeah I, I read a really great book called quantum marketing it's by the cmo of mastercard and he he talks a lot about it where he says there's been five paradigms of marketing print tv or print radio tv internet and then social media marketing and this is now the sixth paradigm and i'm uh i'm blown away by how many people not only don't know much about it but how how many people aren't going all in on it like right. It's, it's reducing labor costs. It's increasing revenue. It's increasing sales, making employees smarter. Um, but that, to me, is a big gap. What's the biggest expense in your business? Labor. You're right. Labor You're right. and taxes. Mainly labor, though, right? Um, if we could reduce labor by 15 20%, that goes straight to margin. But it's hard. You know, we've always, as a, as a gym, as a fitness studio, you want to keep your labor costs at that 30%. If you can keep it under 40, good. Right. But really, if you get that 30, but that's really, really hard. Mm -hmm. Especially now, right? Wages are going up. And when people increase pricing in relation to it, that, that helps. But man, what if we can reduce our labor costs? Or what if we can get more out of our people? Mm -hmm. So right now, that's a big thing. We had a big talk on it at GSDCon. And We've got our, our gyms really using it. And the chat GPT. Well, well chat GPT is one of. Right. Well, which one is the kind of the. Uh, well, yeah, the there's, there's a. Say? Well, there's chat GPT is a big one. I mean, we've had people increase pricing. Like we've had like 85 people increase their pricing 
using ChatGPT um, or people like negotiating the rent with their landlord. Right. Uh, we've had people um, uh, create their core value system, uh, create their entire recruiting system, job descriptions, offer letters. I mean, like it is insane. And and employees, um, they're actually able to train with it. Like honestly, you can you can learn Italian right now. You can just say, hey, speak to me in Italian, okay? Sure. Yeah, I have the app on my phone. Oh, <laughs> I'm it's using great. it. It's great. And, but then there's that, but then there's a bunch of other really cool tools like um, Seven Cents is a great, great tool that, you know, right now these email lists are big because your, your gyms are B2C. Right. So B2C has a bigger list than yep. a B2B. And so you got all these people on your list. Some of your studios might have 8,000, 9,000, 10,000 people on the list. They've been open four or five years, right? right. And doing good marketing. And we always want to figure like, when's the best time to send an email, right? We're always like Tuesdays or some people are like hell bent on Thursdays at 11, right? Never Mondays. But the truth is everyone's a little different. And your CRM, regardless of the CRM you use, if it's anything that's decent, it knows when emails are opened. Right. By who and when they're clicked. Seven Cents is something that integrates with your CRM. And what it does is it knows when you open your emails. And when you open your emails and it sends out the emails just before the point that you, your habits typically show that you open emails. So it's at the top, top of your inbox mm. and you're noticing open rates shoot by 40, 50% and click through rates shoot by 80%. That's amazing. Yeah, it is. Wow. And, it, and also what it does is it eliminates spam because it staggers emails right. as opposed to sends them all. So spam filters aren't catching it. So you're getting a lot more activity. Um, to the inbox as opposed to the spam box, but then in the inbox, you have a lot more opens and a lot more clicks. So there's a lot of ways that people are getting a lot of return members, people that the be back bus, right? right? Getting people to come back because of stuff like that. Yeah, and then there's uh, there's a bunch of really cool tools that I, I showed at uh, GSDCon, and GSDCon is one of our conferences that we have every quarter. We're doing a big talk on it in Vegas, but uh, there's new tools every day. Yeah. And we're like six weeks into ChatGPT being a thing. Imagine six months or six years. Like if we're not ahead of this thing now, it's going to be tough. This is a hard, great example of this. Facebook ads. You remember Facebook ads in 2015, 2016? Yep. You were yep. getting leads, what, 50 cents a lead? At least. Yeah. You get I that mean, now? No. <laughs> now, how how much of you goes, I wish I doubled or tripled my budget back then? Every bit of us, right? Right? Yeah. So this is that moment now. Yep. Again, another paradigm. Right, right. I want to ask, I want to just ask, kind of circle back to like hearing your excitement now about AI and just your business as a whole. But you went back at the beginning and you said, I had 22 jobs yeah. before. So one thing I noticed is that, and we've talked about this in a, in a previous episode, is about curiosity. Mm -hmm. And what are some of the characteristics that um, the most successful people have? And one of those that we both agreed upon was curiosity. And that's 100% what I hear from having 22 jobs to even how you use it in your business, but how you use it personally. Yeah. Um, how did you hone that in from naturally being curious, right? You obviously have drive too, but how did you channel that in? And I, I hear what you're saying now about how you've balanced it and realized in business that needs to change. But how much do you feel like that curiosity in the beginning, those 22 jobs really prepared you to move into business and where you are today? Because I think there's, we have some people on this that are members, they're young, you know, they have that same level of curiosity. How would you encourage them to leverage that, but then also to move from being curious about multiple things yeah. and seeing that as something that I, I feel is a very strong trait, but moving it into a direction that can really compound and build a business for themselves? Yeah. 
I think it, it, it makes for a broader person when you have more experiences. Someone that's never left the U.S. doesn't have a, the same broad awareness of the world as somebody who's traveled mm. to 22 countries. Mm-hmm. Somebody that's never played an instrument or maybe one doesn't have a broad understanding of music as somebody that's played seven or eight of them, right? So little by little with business, it's the same thing. If you've read one book versus if you read 22 books, if you had one coach versus if you've had 22 coaches, if you've been to one conference versus you have 22, you're, you're creating a broader mindset. I think that's important because if you don't have a broad understanding of something, um, you kind of fall for everything. You know, like the person that's only tried, I remember, so Chris Ronzio bought my first vacation. Mm. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell that story to you guys later, but he bought my first vacation and, and I, I didn't take a vacation until I was 34 years old. I hired him as an efficiency coach and he wouldn't work with me unless I took a vacation. He's like, uh. you don't understand, like you need this. <laughs> right. So he's like, even if it's a two, three day trip with your wife to Huntington Beach. Right. My wife and I, we went to Huntington Beach for two, three days and we were like, how lucky are we? She's right. like, what? I'm like, we on our first vacation took the best vacation ever. We need to book another one. We did Huntington Beach at the same resort five times in a row. <laughs> Why? Because we were ignorant. Right. We thought this was the best yeah. vacation. And then we went to Italy. And then we went to Cancun. Then we went to Hawaii. And we're like, can you believe we thought Huntington Beach was right. like the best the vacation best. on yeah. earth? And so I think the same thing goes with books right you read a book and then you fall for everything in that book you think that's gospel and then as you start reading more books when you're on your 30th 40th book you're like eh, maybe not so much let me keep reading skim through oh that's a good idea right like you, you, you different take and so i think going broad and being curious it not only allowed me to learn more things but it also allowed me to look at things through a lens of hey this doesn't have to be black and white rule this is just someone's perspective this is an idea this is a way to look at it and I could take some things from you. You could learn something from anyone. I've learned, I learned from Amanda, uh, was it two days ago, we were talking and I'm like, wow, I never thought that my employees would wonder something like this. Mm. I, I never even thought about it. It's just through asking her questions. Yeah. And so I, I, th- I think it teaches you, you can learn literally from anyone, from anything. I learned a lot through mm. those 22 jobs. And I think the easiest thing to, that I learned from that is business is hard anywhere. And it can be simplified because I've seen some people do really well. It can be simplified if you stick to fundamentals and execute. And it can be really hard if you want to go really advanced and not work in the fundamentals. The guy that works really, really hard to learn how to spin the basketball on his finger and dribble through the legs yep. but can't make a free throw, it's not going to be as good as the guy that mastered the free throw, so mastered the layup, yeah. right? Yeah. It's funny. We we were actually talking about that the other day. Is like so many people, whether it's, you know, I know her and I both, really enjoy uh the hermoses and mm-hmm. there's different you know ed Milet and john gordon but like so many people will um they'll take these individuals or they'll they'll read a quote and they'll be like yeah i agree i agree instead yeah. of you know i, I think we were on, we were on it, a yeah. plane the other day and like i'd say 80 to 90 percent of what hermosey says i agree with but she's like she showed me his post she's like do you agree with this so I think, but it's interesting though, because so many people do at take things at face value and they're like, this person's God or this, this, uh, this book is everything. And then they feel like they have to go implement it and yeah. they don't question it. You know, there's a lot of quotes today that I think are very silly on social media. And I think they're just not well thought out. I think they're taken through their perspective. Right. I love quotes by like Marcus Aurelius and 
and um, uh, Epictetus and Seneca, like the philosophers back when 150 AD, right? Like the Stoics, because that works even today through any lens, Yep. right? Um, today you have quotes that are from one lens and that's why they're not well-rounded. That's why a lot of people disagree and it's, it's silly. Like if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. That is Bullshit. <laughs> right. That is bullshit. Yeah. Yep. Are you kidding me? Who here didn't work through COVID? Yep. Yeah. Right? Yep. <laughs> Number one. Survived. Yeah. Or, or if or a similar one, like if you don't love what you do every day, get out. Right. Look, LeBron James, he plays 30 minutes a game, three games a week. That's 90 minutes. For the rest of the 20 to 50 hours, he's an ice bass. He's getting people massaging in with his their elbows, making him cry. He's answering the same monotonous questions over and over and over in press conferences. All so he can do what he loves for 90 minutes. Yeah. I mean, look, you, when you look at a quote, if it's your first time seeing a meme, I get it. But like, <laughs> I think if you really want to get a mindset shift... Learn from the Stoics. Learn learn Stoicism. I think Buddhism's got some really good stuff. Um, Epicureanism is also very good. I think that's the stuff that will last. It's already lasted thousands of years. That's going to continue to last forever. Yeah, for sure. I, it's interesting. I, I always like to ask highly successful entrepreneurs this question, um, and, and it's what was your biggest failure? So I didn't tell you I was going to ask you this, but I'm sure there's one or two things that – since you started your business, right, 2008 to today, what would you say is the, the number one failure that you've learned from and, and obviously built from there? Um, I really underestimated emotional intelligence. I, I put very little value on it when I first heard of it. You know, people would recommend these books to me and I'd read it that day. Um, if it was on marketing, if it was on advertising, if it was on branding, um, operations, whatever, like I'd be like, I'm in it. And I get, I get the book on my phone and I, I get through it. And I had emotional intelligence 2.0 recommended to me, um, years back, five, six, seven years ago, something like that. And I was like, okay. And it, just the name alone, I was like, uh, oh, it sounds boring. And then I read like the back of the book and I'm like, sounds really mushy. Like at the end of the day, let's just get shit done. <laughs> right. What do we do? Right. Talk about feelings. Right. I had, if you looked at my disc back then, it was extremely low emotional intelligence or empathy, extremely low empathy, very high. I don't know if you guys know disc. It's a personality assessment. So very high D, decent I. I'm talking like you couldn't even tell what color it is at the bottom for S and C. It was that thin, right? And, and so I was like, you know, I don't need to read this. I think I like just I need to hire tough people. Well, I was just telling Amanda this the other yesterday. Maybe I was at a conference. I was I was invited to, and um, after it was over, this guy that I had dinner with the night before with some other people, he ended up seeing me in the lobby with my suitcases on the last day, and he had his suitcases. He's like, "Hey, you heading out to the airport?" I go, "Yeah." He's like, "Did you get an Uber yet?" I go, "I was about to call one." He's like, "I just." got one why don't you just take mine i was like okay it's like cool this guy was super successful I was yeah. like, it was a great ride to be in an yeah. uber with 20 minutes for this guy well we talked in the uber and we even got in tsa line together and in the middle of the tsa line this was probably like two years ago um i go dude i'll tell you right now i don't know what is needed to get people to work but people just aren't working mm. they're lazy they want so much they're entitled it's like, I don't understand what the workforce is looking like, but it's, it needs to grow up. 
And he looks at me and he goes, hmm, you think that's what it is? And I go, yeah. And he goes, okay. I was like, I feel like you want to tell me something. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> he's like well, I do, but honestly, I'm, I'm afraid your ego can't handle it. Ooh, wow. wow. And I was like, okay. Now, because of that, he challenged my ego. Right. So now, because I had a huge ego, yeah. I had to show him I could handle it to prove myself, right? right? So I was like, no, I got it. I could take anything. I grew up with immigrant parents. There's nothing you're going to tell me. My family hasn't. So he goes, okay. I think out of all the people I've ever met, you have some of the lowest emotional intelligence of anyone. I go, huh, what do you mean by that? He gave me a couple examples, and I was blown away by it. And he's like, I really recommend you read this book. I downloaded the book I read on the, fl on the flight. The book was talking to me. Talking mm. down to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's, was, like, that's me. God. <laughs> so, and so then at that moment, I was like, I was all in on this. I realized that I was the issue. People, it's not that people don't work hard. It's that people didn't want to work hard for me. Mm. And not all people. I had a few tough players that had the same mentality. But I'm not going to collect 50 of them. Right. Right. It's hard. So, so I was like, all right. So I went all in. I started really understanding emotional intelligence. Started like listening to podcasts on it. And then I started uh, studying Buddhism and Stoicism. And um, it's funny. Like I feel like I'm a very empathetic person now. Like I, because I understand people now. And so now I don't see people the way I saw people before. I saw people as just people, characters in my life, and they needed to like get jobs done, like I did. I count on me. I count on you. But now I'm like, no, like when I see you, it's weird, but I, whether you know it or not, like the first time I saw you or you and I do it with everybody, I'm thinking like this guy's gone through a bunch of shit. Mm. I don't know what it is, but it's a lot. I, mm. I know he's had his life not, you know, not easy. Right. I know he's had moments where he's cried and wondered if he can do this. I know he's asked why, why is this happening? Why can't I just get it? And so now I see people through a different filter and I've connected with my people at such a higher level I've never seen a group of people work so hard. I don't care how old they are. Mm. Everyone wants to say the younger generation doesn't work hard. I got 20-year-olds. I got 25-year-olds. They're killing themselves, mm. and they're doing a great job, and they're growing. So I think for me, the biggest failure that I've had is not putting enough value on understanding people and having a company that needs people to run. That's cool. And, That's awesome. and I figured that out, thankfully. So, mm. But that was, that was that. a very expensive lesson to not learn early. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. Well, cool. I mean, I could, I think I could ask you a million other questions. Um, but I'll, I'll leave, I'll leave you with this. So I'll put you on the hot seat. So you don't know, I'm going to ask you this either. Okay. Um, what would you say is, cause we, we talked about this, um, earlier in this season was we talked about the four, um, the four character tra traits, right. That we believe in, in highly successful people. What would you say is your your number one for someone to be highly successful? Defining highly successful not as necessarily a, a monetary label, but more so people get they're doing what they want, they're passionate about it. Yes, they're financially in a good place because I think to be highly mm -hmm. successful you have to be. But what would you say like from being around other very highly successful people that you've seen kind of as a consistent number one trait um, throughout the the board? Um, I think all, all people, I don't care who you are, have egos. You need it. Otherwise you have no confidence, Yep. Yeah. right? You have to have an ego. I think the best that I've seen and, I, and I'm aspiring to be like them is it's okay to have an ego, but it cannot make your decisions. 
you cannot make a decision because of your ego. So I removed myself from head of company at Loudrumor. My title is still CEO, but like I'm very, like my COO, Matt, he runs all the meetings. He's the one that's managing the top players. Um, he's calling majority of the shots as far as like how we're going to execute on mm -hmm. things. And I stay out of it. Right. I was not the best fit for that role. The company was not going to get the best if I was in it. Mm. Where I need to be is in innovation, culture development, and creative. That's where I need to play. If mm. I play there, company gets the best out of me. Mm. If I play leader of them and their systems and how they do things and you know all that, I'm not. I'm not the guy. How Matt's would you say someone would identify that that is? Because I mean, we working with leaders across the board, and it's it can become very evident. I mean, at the end of the day, you are the leader, right? The results of the company sit on you but to make that decision and put someone else in that in that seat and say I'm not going to win if I'm leading through my ego and making all the decisions so to someone who is saying to themselves you know I'm not getting where I need to get I don't know what's wrong and it is them how would you challenge them to look at themselves to identify that that they're the issue self-awareness ego I will say that that's kind of coincides with another trait I think a lot of people that I've followed or successful have is they're very self-aware they're very aware of what they're great at they're very aware of what they're good at and they're very well aware of what they're not good at yet or don't ever need to be good at they're very well aware of it and when you become aware of that by by looking doing your best to look at yourself as a consultant from like a different person saying like if I was coaching him what would what would I say like what would I say you need to work on and for me what what I'm really really good at is I I go hard into something right like when when I decided to learn Italian everything switched my iPad my phone my laptop the treadmill everything was in Italian I only listened to Italian music I only listened to Italian podcasts my Netflix was only in Italian I only spoke Italian in the house I I walked around with the app <laughs> And to help people in my house know Your what I was saying. Your wife probably hated you, huh? Now she yeah. learned a lot of Italian. Yeah. And we went to Italy she three months to. later. I she was so thankful that you learned it, wasn't she? When we went to Italy, it was great. That's awesome. Because 90 days later, I was fluent. And we're in Italy, and I'm having a 20-minute conversation with the Uber driver. Wow. That's so cool. we were doing anything we wanted out there. But that that's something that I get really into. But I'm very well aware of that. So because I'm aware of that, the goods are... I can tell my company like, hey, I'm going all in on this. And they get, they understand, they get excited. And I, the bad thing about it is I have to sometimes ask myself, am I excited about this because this is the right thing for me to be excited about? Or am I excited about this because I get excited about anything new? Mm, <laughs> yeah. So, but I think self-awareness going like, like who am I really, what am I really good at? What's best for the company? It's not about you. Once you're on a team, it's not about the back of the jersey. It's about the front mm -hmm. of the jersey. And I'm on a team. Yep. And the front of the jersey, which says loud rumor, that is the team I'm playing for. And so I don't care if I need to come off the bench. That doesn't matter to me. Um, at our state of the company meetings, I don't say a word. Mm. I sit back and then very at the very end, sometimes it'll be like, Mike, do you have anything you want to add? And maybe I'll share a client story that I was really proud of. Right. And that'll be it. But every leader in the department, they go up and they share their 10, 12 minutes where we were, where we're at, where we're going. And that's great because they do it better than I do. And that's what the team needs. So I think, I think being a part of masterminds are a big part of that right. because you're going to be able to start seeing 
greatness in categories. Like you'll be like, oh, so that's what a really good leader looks like. Mm. Shit. Look at the way his team like engages. Oh, that's what sales looks like. Damn, I, I never thought about these guys got 50 referrals in the last three days. Dude, I, we get 20 in a month. Right. That's what referrals look like. That's what customer service looks like. Man, look at that. They're like all in. That employee got sick. They sent flowers. Like, So when you're around a lot of high-level pl- high players, you're going to get to see, because everyone's great at one or two things, you're going to get to see what greatness is, and you're going to get a better understanding as to which one you're already in and maybe on your team who's kind of close, and we can start creating a balance, and that's what a good team is. Greatness in different categories. Matt and I, my COO, he's not great at what I'm great at. He'll tell you that, and I'm not great at what he's great at, and it works really great. <laughs> that's awesome. I love that. I love it. Where can um, So where can people find – you have a podcast. Yep. Um, where can they find that podcast? Where can they find, uh, follow you on Instagram and, and YouTube and all that? Yeah, so the podcast called The GSD Show. It's on everywhere, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, all that on YouTube. Um, and if you just go to G- thegsdshow.com, you can find the website with all the episodes and all that. Our YouTube channel has a ton of stuff. Um, we Honestly, we give away more free training for this industry than probably anyone on the planet. I can't imagine anybody that does more than we do. It's, it's a ton. Um, so that's just Loud Rumor. Just search Loud Rumor on, on there. And then you can go to loudrumor.com if you like and get some more stuff there. If you want to go to our conference ever, gsdcon.com is hands down the best conference in the industry. We do four a year. Awesome. Cool. And Thanks your next one is when? Next one's May 6th and 7th in Vegas. And then after that, it's in August. Great. Yep. Let's go. Um, well, man, thanks for coming all the way out here to Charlotte and, and joining us and uh, make sure everyone follows you. So until next time, we'll see you guys on the turf. Yeah.